Blog Talk Radio. Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is Senior Staff Writer Ryan Whitfield. NFL regular season schedules were released last week, and we are only a few days away from the 2018 NFL Draft. So the football season is getting close, which means the fantasy football season is getting even closer, and to that end, we are very lucky to have a special guest and fantasy football guru, Mark Leopold, joining us today. For those who are unaware, Mark is uh, the Dynasty Fantasy Football Analyst for Fantasy Football 24-7, who can be found at FFB underscore 247, a Dynasty podcast co-host for FF 24-7, a contributor to Roto Underworld, which can be found at Roto Underworld, and he's a DFS analyst for FF Dynasty 260, can also be found at FFD 260. Suffice to say, Mark knows what he's talking about. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hey, good to be here. That's a pretty warm welcome, so we'll see if it lives up to that. <laughs> well, we want to make you feel welcome on the podcast. We appreciate you being on the show. You, you might, you're a little bit scratchy, so if it, it turns out that the, the connection gets kind of bad, I'll, I'll chime on in. But uh, why don't we just get started, because, you know, uh, before we run into all this football stuff and all this fantasy football stuff, we, why don't you tell our listeners, now, how did you get so interested and involved with uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football? Well, it's a less exciting story than I think you're probably hoping, but I started out playing season-long leagues, as anybody does, and uh, eventually one of those turned into a keeper league, and so we kind of started to tinker with how many keepers you get to keep each year and what the cost is based on draft round, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, one thing just kind of led to another, so I started to decide, uh, decided to jump in and play Dynasty, where you keep everybody year to year. Uh, as the next step in a natural progression, so... Uh, there's really no sexy story behind it, but the one thing I noticed about redraft leagues was that players often produce as a result of opportunity, more so than as a result of talent. And so you get players that you don't particularly like as the talent or as a player that are good fantasy commodities, whereas in Dynasty, you really have to rely more on the talent that wins down in the long run. So for me, I think that's a better fit. Dynasty is something that I'm definitely more interested in than redraft. So it's been a good switch, and I've been happy to do it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a whole other ball game when you're dealing with Dynasty Fantasy Leagues and kind of thinking about into the future. Um, so, so Mark, I'll just tell you, that we got we got about 90% of that. I, I, we definitely heard everything you said, but it is still a little bit choppy on, on that end. I'm, I'm going to try and uh, reboot your connection from my end, which I just did. Why don't you give that a shot? Does that sound, did, why don't you chime on in and see if that makes any bit, any difference here? All right, let me know if it sounds any better now. Uh, seems to be the same. Ryan, is it? How does it sound to you? Yeah, it's choppy, uh, choppy for me over here too. Uh, sorry, Mark. Is it, I call it in from a phone. Yeah, would, would you mind call, calling in because I want I don't want all our listeners to miss out on all the great fantasy football knowledge you're going to be dropping on us in a few minutes. All right, let me take the mic out. I'll call back in from a phone here in just a second. Terrific. I'll go ahead and tee up the first topic because we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about dynasty fantasy football tips and concerning rookies and players returning from IR as well as sleepers and busts. And finally a little bit of MFL 10 strategy. So uh, before we get completely started, uh, I will tee up the fact that we're going to talk about some of the prospects 
uh, that are going to be coming up in the 2018 NFL draft. And we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the people you want to keep an eye on. They might not be on your radar for those photos, dynasty fantasy leagues, because they are quite a bit different than, uh, than those redraft leagues. So go ahead, uh, go ahead and kick it off. Okay, so I pretty much blasted everyone ear, everyone's ears of that that drop. Did I totally just knock you I'm off a, your socks there, I'm uh, Ryan? <laughs> so, so uh, that, that was my there. fault, guys. <laughs> I made that extra loud. This is this is how loud it's supposed to be. Here we go. All right, that's that feels a little bit better. All right. So first, as I mentioned, the 2018 NFL draft is right around the corner beginning on April 26th. And there have been a ton of talk regarding the top quarterbacks in the draft and where they might end up in light of the number of QB needy teams in the NFL. But let's take a different angle. Let's talk about how those quarterbacks impact fantasy football dynasty leagues. Uh, So, Mark, you want to give us another shot and see if we get a clearer connection? Mark? Looks like we might not be getting oh, – there we go. Here it is. Hey, Mark, hey, how you doing? Does it sound any better? It sounds fantastic. <laughs> Thanks okay. for calling back in. This, if you don't know, Mark, this is part of the thing that – this is part of the, the, uh, the charm of our show is that we have technical difficulties throughout the show. Every show, you can count on it. If there's one thing you can count on, it's the fact that we will have something that goes wrong technically during the show. So thanks for being part of that. You are now an alumni of the show. So uh, as I was just talking about 2018 NFL draft, there are QB needy teams out there. Um, We're talking about fantasy football dynasty leagues. Let me just tee this up for you, Mark. For fantasy football dynasty leagues, are you interested in any of the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft, Sam Darno, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, and or Lamar Jackson, or are there other quarterbacks that you have an eye on for dynasty purposes? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be interested in this class from both a real football perspective and a fantasy football perspective. Uh, it's a strong class, uh, I think better than several of the past years, uh, especially at the top. Um, very out in the open as a big Baker Mayfield believer. I think he's arguably the best quarterback prospect of all time. I think you can make that case. Uh, I won't necessarily go that far, although I'm willing to. Uh, but certainly I think the best since Andrew Luck, uh, if you want to stop it there, I think that's also fair. Uh, just one of the most prolific college resumes that we've ever seen. Um, and then there's also kind of the flip side where you have Lamar Jackson, who outproduced Barkley in terms of rushing production in college. Um, but he's also a pretty good passer. So I think no matter how you slice it, especially for fantasy purposes, there are going to be guys that get it done. Uh, so in terms of the guys I'm most interested in, obviously Baker Mayfield is the one at the top of my list. Uh, almost 4,000 yards in his junior year, 4,600 in his senior year, over 11 yards per attempt, which is just insane, insane efficiency. Uh, 70% completion both years, so he's both accurate and he throws downfield. He has a strong arm. He was only, I think, one mile per hour, maybe two behind Josh Allen at the Combine. So strong arm, very accurate, throws on time. And the other thing is he lost D.D. Westbrook and he lost both of his running backs last year to the draft. So even Mm -hmm. after that, he had an uptick in production and efficiency. So he's definitely getting it done for himself. Uh, He's efficient, takes care of the ball, very few interceptions, and he's just a complete package. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you about Josh Allen for a second. 
for a second because oh, I because yeah. you were talking about Baker Mayfield and uh, and I we agree with all that that you just said and and one thing that has stand stands out in the numbers is that Baker Mayfield has a ridiculously high QBR rating and Josh Allen has a ridiculously low QBR particularly in coming out of Wyoming and playing that type of that type of competition. What are your thoughts on on Josh Allen? Is he somebody who is he gonna be the next? Carson Wentz, the guy that you might want to speculate on in a dynasty league, or is he going to be uh, the next Christian Ponder or somebody like that? That's somebody who will never ever rise to the level of a starting QB. I'm equally out in the open as a, a Josh Allen disbeliever uh, uh-huh. as I am as a Baker Mayfield believer. So I'm certainly on the side against him becoming the next Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz is a great talent. He's obviously, I think, the outlier when you look at the body of quarterbacks that have come out of those small schools. Uh, mm-hmm. had the kind of high draft grade. So Carson Wentz is a great quarterback, and a lot of people are trying to sell Josh Allen as the next Carson Wentz, particularly his agent. But you look at his body of work, and there's really not much on there besides the arm strength that does it for you. So he's mm-hmm. only 1,800 yards in his senior season, under seven yards per attempt, 56% completion. And that's the big one for me It's the completion percentage. 56 in his sophomore season, 56.3 in junior season. It's very hard for a quarterback to be that inaccurate in college and correct that at the next level. It's Mm -hmm. very rare that that's done, and he's going to have to be an extreme outlier if he's going to become a successful NFL quarterback. If you look at the other guys in the class, Rosen, Darnold, even Lamar Jackson's more accurate in terms of college completion percentage. So he's going to have to be an extreme outlier. The only thing he's really got on his resume is arm strength. But you mentioned the quarterback rating, the QBR, which is ESPN's metric. Uh, he was 23rd percentile in college QBR, which is pretty abysmal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me. I'm gonna flip over here and and ask Ryan about Lamar Jackson because I know he's really big on Lamar Jackson. Then I want to flip back over to you, uh, Mark, and ask you about him as well because I know Ryan just based on recent weeks that you started to become a Lamar Jackson believer. Is that someone who you are targeting in uh, dynasty leagues, and how do you feel they he stacks up with regard to the uh, the other top quarterbacks in the draft? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, you said no secret that I've become a, a big Lamar Jackson fan. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think he's one of the, you know, the rushing production and the athletic, you know, the athleticism he has. Um, so I'm high on him. I think for him more than the other guys, I'm more concerned about the fit where he goes. So that's something mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, looking into as, as obviously the draft starts here on Thursday night. Um, so if he has a, if, if he's in a place of talent around him, I think, I think in the right fit, he could be, you know, I think a similar to what Deshaun uh, Watson did last year, going to a place that had Will Fuller that has um, DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, that kind of setup. So if he gets on, you know, is placed in a team like that in a situation like that, which I think um, there's a good chance he goes later in the first round. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think, I think he'll have that potential. Uh, as far as the rest of the guys, I mean, I pretty much echo uh, everything Mark just said here. I am, uh, I am super out on Josh Allen. Uh, I think mm. his upside, his high potential, is to be a Jay Cutler, which sucks. Wow. Uh, and, and so, uh, so I'm out on Josh Allen big time. Wow, that really hurts. Being a Bears yeah. fan, that really kind of hurts. <laughs> uh, but mentioned the completion percentage last year, all four years in college, all all the seasons. I think they saw stats that even going back to high school, like he never completes over sixty percent of his his passes. Um, mm. So that's that's hugely concerning. And uh, if there's you know there's there's two three three fundamental things I hate in football. Uh, I hate drafting running backs in the first round, 
I hate the diva fast wide receiver, and I hate the quarterback with the quote-unquote big arm. So I'm out on Josh <laughs> Allen. Um, I like Baker Mayfield a lot, too. I like Lamar Jackson. And I Josh Rosen's uh, arrogance and cockiness is growing on me every day. Uh, and Josh Rosen's uh, quickly climbing up my, my, my board here. Okay. All right. So let me switch back over to you, Mark, and ask you about Lamar Jackson. What are your thoughts on, on him and his prospects in Dynasty Fantasy Football? I think he's a little more of a project than people think. He really mm-hmm. struggles throwing outside the numbers, which I think is a factor of arm strength. But he's good throwing short, intermediate routes <coughs> over the middle of the field, and obviously the rushing production can't be denied. So I think it, he actually has the highest ceiling in the class of anybody in the quarterback uh, position, including Baker Mayfield, just because he's going to add so much on the ground. You All take right. a quarterback that's putting up – you know, 15 fantasy points a game, but if he rushes for an additional 50, 60 yards, that's a passing touchdown and a half on top of whatever he's already putting up. So if he can just add, you know, even 40 to 50 yards on the ground a game, which is more than reasonable for a guy of his, right. his athleticism, I think he's going to be, you know, a very productive fantasy asset as long as his arm can keep him in a starting job. All right, so let me ask you the key question here. Of these guys, what's the earliest one you would take in Dynasty Fantasy Football Draft? Assuming they end in a position where they are a starter, where would you, where, what's the first one you would draft, and where would you draft them? Are we talking one QB or super flex? <laughs> Let's go with one QB first. Okay. Um, I don't think as much about quarterbacks in one QB. I, I'm easily okay. willing to take Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson probably mid to late second. Okay. All right. Um, and I'd I'd be willing to pull the trigger early second, particularly if the guys that I'm higher on go early. So okay. if you know Royce Freeman and Carry on Johnson, if those guys go and I'm left looking at uh, even Calvin Ridley, who I'm not very high on, Christian Kirk, who I'm lukewarm on, uh, or some of the other second round running backs like Mark Walton. If I'm looking at those guys versus Mayfield, I'm definitely willing to consider Mayfield earlier in the second round too. All right. So that's the uh, that's the draft, guys. Those are the rookie quarterbacks coming into the league. Let's ring the bell on that one. Let's go to our next topic, and that's going to be the uh, high-end skill players that have been returning from IR this season. As you all know, there's a number of those guys who uh, got injured, didn't uh, do so well, and they were sat, sat on the sidelines for the rest of the season. So I'm going to ask you first, Mark, how do you feel about whether and when each of the following players returning from IR should be drafted in a dynasty league. And let's start with some quarterbacks with Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Andrew Luck from the Colts returning with a shoulder injury. Deshaun Watson of the Texans returning from an ACL tear. Yeah, Deshaun Watson doesn't worry me. Uh, ACLs really aren't the kind of injury that they used to be, and especially players at his age. I can't think of the last one that hasn't made a full recovery. So I'm not worried at all for Deshaun Watson concerning the injury. The thing I'm worried about is his touchdown regression. He Mm -hmm. was throwing almost 10% touchdown rate last year, 19 touchdowns on 204 attempts, which is ballpark of double the league average touchdown rate. So there's no way that that can continue. I mean, even Marcus Mariota, who was super efficient red zone passer his first couple of years, wasn't anywhere near that. So, Uh, that's going to come down. That's what worries me more than the injury. So Mm -hmm. I'm out on Deshaun Watson at his current price in Dynasty, but not for the Mm -hmm. injury. All right. And Andrew Luck, what are your thoughts on him? uh, Andrew Luck, you know, we don't know. I don't think anybody knows. And Mm -hmm. it's it's bad advice if I'm trying to give you advice on Andrew Luck because I'm (laughs) not a medical expert. But I will tell you, the fact that he's not throwing footballs 
at least the latest I saw, is concerning. And mm-hmm. you have to take that into account because I've seen that he's throwing weighted footballs, but if that doesn't translate to regular footballs, then there's nothing that you can do about that, and he's not going to give you anything. So he's talented enough, and he has enough upside that you have to take a shot on him, but it's definitely going to be a significant discount. So yep. in single quarterback leagues, you know, I'd give – maybe a second round pick for him, but I'm not willing to pay much more with that much uncertainty. All right. Let's switch over to another top position. Let's top to, uh, let's switch over to the top. One of the top fantasy running backs prior to injury. That's David Johnson of the Cardinals returning from a wrist injury. What are your thoughts about him and dynasty? I'm not worried about him either. Uh, the only thing that concerns me about David Johnson is his situation. Uh, Sam Bradford, who knows how long he'll hold up there and the offensive line play, I'm not quite sure if I can count on that. So uh, he'll definitely be fed the rock and the injury doesn't concern me that much. I think he's going to come back healthy and a wrist is less concerning than some of the lower body soft tissue injuries. So I'm not worried about him from an injury perspective, uh, but the offense sustaining drives and getting in the red zone and getting in scoring opportunities is what concerns me. So mm-hmm. in early fantasy pros expert consensus ranking, he's the running back three for this year, which I think is right on. That's exactly okay. where I'd take him. That's for PPR by the way, but exactly where I would take him after Gurley and Bell and right before Ezekiel Elliott. Right. I guess everyone should realize that it is a wrist injury, not anything that's related to his legs or knees or ankles. So Hopefully he stayed in shape and can still be as dynamic as he was before he went down. Let's switch over to the wide receivers. Let's talk about those guys coming back from IR. In particular, let's talk about Julian Edelman of the Patriots coming back from an ACL tear, OBJ of the Giants coming back from an ankle injury, and Allen Robinson now of the Bears coming back from an ACL tear. Yeah, I'm in on all three, uh, especially at their current price. I was looking at 2018 redraft ranks, so – they have Odell Beckham as the consensus number three, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is spot on. Absolutely willing to mm. take him there. He's going to get fed the ball. The offense is going to run through him. I mean, no matter what else happens there, he's going to be the focal point. Allen Robinson is currently the wide receiver 19 in early expert consensus ranks. So that's behind Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Diggs last year had 95 targets and Thielen 143. I think you have to project Allen Robinson somewhere in there in between Mm -hmm. those and somewhere closer to the 143 end than the 95 end. So on an offense that projects to get more efficient under Matt Nagy with Mitchell Trubisky entering his second year and with some of the weapons they've added, uh, I think you have to, you have to project Allen Robinson to finish ahead of at least one of them. So I think 19 is too low. I think middle to high end wide receiver two is probably where he's going to end up finishing. And if he capitalizes on some touchdowns, he could get into wide receiver one conversation easily. Well, that is uh, that's what Edelman. I love to hear. <laughs> Being a Bears Julian fan, Edelman, I love to hear I have that. To talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Patriots fan myself, so I can't I can't leave Edelman out of this. He's currently <laughs> the course. wide receiver 46, which is just criminal. Uh, right. He missed last season, obviously, but had 160 targets in 2016, which was third in the league. He's coming back to play with Tom Brady, and you got to figure he's going to get targets there in an efficient offense. It's going to be in scoring uh, scoring position plenty. So. Um, right now he's ranked behind Devontae Parker, which doesn't make wow. any sense to me because Parker's not on an efficient offense and he doesn't have any kind of track record to tell us that he can produce. And Julian uh-huh. Edelman has both of those and he has good quarterback play. Brandon Cooks is now gone. So things shape up well for Edelman as long as he can stay healthy. And Wide receiver 46 is way, way too low. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with that. Let's turn last to the tight ends returning from IR. That's uh, Tyler Eifert of the Bengals coming up from a back injury. And Jordan Reed of the Redskins coming back from a hamstring injury. Never had more than 14 games in his career. 
Uh, and uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll uh, turn it around. What are your thoughts about Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert? Uh, I'm generally kind of out on both of these guys. Neither one's a player that I own pretty much anywhere or plan to own in 2018. But what I will say is Reed, uh, his per game output is higher than even Rob Gronkowski's. So I know he doesn't play all that much, but when he does, he's (laughs) arguably the best tight end in the league for fantasy purposes. So where he's ranked right now, you got to consider him. He's tight end 10 in early rankings. So, I mean, I think you got to take a chance on him if you get there and you don't have a tight end yet. But my advice right. would be take one before then. And Tyler Eifert's the tight end 16 right now, which is behind David Njoku, who's now in a super crowded offense with mm-hmm. uncertain quarterback. They say it's going to be Tyrod Taylor, who's a low-volume quarterback. So if we assume it's him, there's not going to be uh, enough volume for Njoku, especially with the addition of Jarvis Landry. And he's also mm-hmm. behind O.J. Howard, who is now competing with Cameron Brait, who just signed a big extension. And they still got Mike Evans. They still got Sean Jackson. And Chris Godwin is hopefully going to break out this year, fingers crossed. So Eifert's too low, uh, but I'm going to try to just take a tight end before those guys and not worry about it. All right, Ryan, let's switch over to you. What are your thoughts about any of those guys on IR? Are you uh, looking at them for dynasty leagues or redraft leagues, or how do you feel about them in fantasy? Yeah, I mean, I'll run through them quickly. Andrew Luck um, was supposed to be back for week one last year. So I'm not trusting anything out of Indianapolis <laughs> until, uh, until right. I actually see Andrew Luck on a football field throwing a ball. With that said, if he does come back, as long as he has T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, he's going to produce. So um, Deshaun Watson, uh, I, I agree with the, the touchdown regression uh, concern. I think there's always a concern because uh, his number two receiver, Will Fuller, uh, is streaky because, you know, he goes on stretches where he can't hold on to the ball. Um, David Johnson, I'm not worried about outside of, like, uh, Mark said here, just the, the quarterback situation and how much of that ends up getting put on his shoulders now um, and did, you know, partially the, the, the heavy workload two years ago weigh on him at all last year in that injury. Um, so that would be my concern there. Edelman, I love Edelman, but 32 coming back from an ACL. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I know he's going to get his stats, but there's always injury concerns. Edelman, like Gronkowski, almost never plays a full season. Um, OBJ have zero concerns on Allen Robinson. Only concern being the fact that, uh, and I don't remember if it was the same knee, but he's had two knee injuries and in whatever it's been four seasons in the NFL. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely a little bit of a, a you know injury situation there. Um, I like Eifert where you can get him right now. And Jordan Reed, I've been burned to by burned by too many times, and I will never <laughs> let him uh, grace my fantasy football squad again. <laughs> you and me both, man. You and me both. All right, let's that's uh, that's some good information there. So. I'm going to go ahead and ring the bell on that one. Let's go ahead and switch over to our next topic. And that is the current top three sleepers and busts. So let's go ahead and talk about that, Mark. What are your current top three dynasty league sleepers and your top three dynasty league busts uh, at this very moment? All right. So for sleepers, I took it more as stashes. So I'm going to give you guys three guys that you should be stashing in all dynasty leagues. Number one, Austin Carr. Last year, started out on the Patriots, ended up uh, on the practice squad. They didn't retain him, so he's now on the Saints, which is actually, I would say, even better. Uh, Profiles is a slot guy, but accounted for almost half of Northwestern's passing offense there. Uh, He has a 93rd percentile agility score, so he's a very quick guy. Like I said, Profiles is a slot guy, and he can can definitely play that role. And as of now, the Saints' Saints depth chart is pretty open for the slot position. so I like him there. He could potentially get some field time, and I like him uh, to to use that opportunity well. So if he's not on your taxi squad, he should be. 
And mm-hmm. if you don't have a taxi squad, you should add taxi squads. Yeah. Uh, another <laughs> one, Jeremy McNichols should also be on your taxi squad. And he accounted for over 40% of Boise State's total offense, not just rushing, total offense at uh, Boise State when he was there. 11% target share on that offense. Very good receiving back, undersized, so he's not going to be a three-down guy. Uh, but he could easily become one of those PPR monsters like Chris Thompson. Uh, good athlete as well. 79th, excuse me, 79th percentile speed score, 63rd percentile burst score, 69th percentile agility score. So upper percentile athlete, dominant college producer, great in the passing game, pretty much checks all the boxes. Last one, he's coming out this year, so he can't already be on your taxi squad, but I'm telling you, scoop him up at the end of every rookie draft you have. Justin Watson wide receiver out of the University of Pennsylvania, not Penn State, University of Pennsylvania Quakers. He accounted for about 50% of their passing yards and 65 to 70% of the passing touchdowns. He's a 90-plus percentile Spark X athlete. He has great speed and great burst, which combines the vertical and broad jump and subpar agility. So I think he actually profiles as an outside receiver. I've heard some people say he belongs in the slot, but – uh, he's also a big guy, so I think he could actually play the wide receiver one role. Uh, and if you can get him in the fifth round of a rookie draft, which I almost guarantee you'll be able to, uh, that's mm-hmm. the guy I'm definitely looking to stash. All right. So let's flip to the other side. What about the bus? Bus. Uh, so I'm going to talk about a few guys that came out last year, drafted pretty highly, uh, that I'm pretty much ready to write off at least for the next few years. Uh, the first one I will say I'm not out totally long term, but I am going to say don't buy now. If you have him, keep him for three or four more years. If you don't have him, wait until midseason or late season and try to buy him. O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. as I mentioned oh, earlier, yeah. Cameron Bray just signed a big extension there. So he's now, I don't know, 1A and 1B on his team in the tight end depth chart. So he's not technically the starter, uh, but at the same time, he is a very good tight end, and he was extremely efficient last year. So, um, while he's not going to be able to produce in the next few years because Cameron Braid is there, I still like his long-term outlook. But if you mm-hmm. drafted him at, let's say, the 1.07 last year, which is where he was going in ADP, uh, you're probably not feeling too hot about that, especially with the Braid extension. And mm-hmm. there's no way you can get that get that price for him if you try to sell him now. Uh, next one is Samaja Pirine. He was drafted somewhere around the 108 to 110 mark, I think, in most drafts. Um, heard buzz about Washington drafting a running back this year, and I definitely buy it. Last year, P. Ryan, 3.4 yards per carry, 4 yards per touch. Uh, he created less than .6 yards per touch, which was uh, pretty poor, and he broke a tackle on less than 20% of his runs. All of those were outside the top 48 in, uh, running backs in the league, so he played poorly. A lot of it was offensive line, but at the same time, you only get so many chances, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if Washington's ready to move on. And last one, Zay Jones. I think in most leagues he was probably a Mm -hmm. second-round pick, but a high second-round pick. And he had almost a 10% drop rate last year, Uh, 1.2 yards of separation at target, so he wasn't separating from defenders. That was 83rd in the league among wide receivers. And he wasn't efficient. Yards per target, yards per route run, both outside the top 100 wide receivers. So I think we can probably write off Zay Jones, especially with all the off-season news. 
All right. And uh, just for those of the listeners who don't know, Taxi Squad, uh, I believe Mark is referring to that, those slots, not really roster slots, but places where you can stash these guys uh, and wait for them to develop later on down the line. Uh, great, great thing to have in Dynasty Leagues. It's a lot of fun. Great way to kind of find like, good value into the future. Uh, Ryan, let me flip it over to you for a second. Any thoughts on any of those sleepers and busts, or do you have any of your own? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with all the, you know, the one sleeper I'll touch on on the offensive side, a uh, guy I've been touting now for a couple of weeks as well in the draft, Alan Lazard, uh, the receiver out of Iowa State. Um, and then as, as busts, I, I looked at guys that I think this year that are going to be drafted that'll that'll turn out to be busts. And I had mm-hmm. uh, Josh Alvin, uh, Josh Allen, Kelvin Ridley, and I, I was super t- uh, super tempted to be a dink and put in Saquon Barkley just to be a jerk, but I, <laughs> I left him off my list. All right, that's fair enough. Thanks for that. One last thing, because we're running out of time. We're only down to a minute and a half, believe it or not. Mark, give us the one tip that you would have for those people playing MFL 10 uh, and, and their draft strategy. What, what is the one thing that you would tell them to do? And for all those who, want, who don't know, MFL 10 is PPR scoring best ball, so you don't really set lineups. And all the drafts happen usually way in advance of the season. So what are your thoughts there, Mark? Generally, I've observed that people play it too safe. If you're in one of those leagues, I think you should be in it to get first place. So mm-hmm. a couple of strategies that people use in season-long league, I don't think you should employ in best ball. You can definitely use a lot more of those high-volatility guys, like Deshaun <laughs> Jackson, for example, that rely on splash plays, because if they're in the lineup, uh, it'll be when they have those big games, and if, they, if they're out of the lineup, it'll be the, the down games. So those players have more value in best ball formats. And the other mm-hmm. one that I would say absolutely avoid is handcuffing running backs, because that mm-hmm. limits your upside. And if you want to try to win leagues, you're going to have to hit on some late-round running backs. So you don't have the potential to have as many starters with full-time roles if you handcuff in best ball. So All right. in best ball, you got you got to hope your guys don't get injured. And sometimes it comes down to luck, but I would avoid handcuffing. All right. Well, that is some good tips to have. I'm writing that all down, but unfortunately we're out of time. We got to get a sound the horn of the show. I can't believe it. I'd like to thank Mark for joining us again, dropping some fantasy football knowledge on us. We'd like to like to have you back on the show again, Mark, because we got so much more to talk about. But I uh, want to give your listeners your social media accounts so they can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Leopold NFL. That's L E I P O L D N F L. And Ryan, go ahead with your Twitter and Instagram so people can follow you. At Ryan Whitfield, N-E. Instagram is football underscore garbage underscore time. And check out my boys at DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. All right. And you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Thanks again to Mark. We've learned a lot today. I've been scribbling it all down all show long. Until next time, enjoy the NFL draft, everybody. And we'll catch you again next week. 